Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys, and welcome back. This is episode five of Form of Fitness podcast, and uh, today we are going to be going over three things uh, that we wish we were told when we started training and we each have three. So I'm going to hand it over to you and you go first, Duncan. All right. So my first thing that I wish that I knew going into this whole thing was that calories like miles are just units of measurement. So if anyone out there has a running background, kind of like me, we all understand that running a mile is not as simple as running a mile. If you're on a track, it's pretty flat and your time is going to be pretty decent. Going downhill is pretty fun as long as it's not too steep but think about it like if you're going up the super steep hill right that sucks and so you can kind of think about calories in the same way because all the calorie is is it's the measure of energy that we get from food right and so you've heard of terms like empty calories and so there's a lot of nutrition things out there and one of the simple ones that i've learned is just like eat protein and fat because they're more filling and so it's harder for you to overeat and try and eat those at the beginning of your day without sweeteners um, because your body actually, if you eat a bunch of sweet things in the morning, that's telling your body that you're going to be eating sweet things all day. And so there's a lot of just little tricks in there and being conscious of the quality of food you eat, not just the quantity, I think helps a lot. And I think that nowadays, especially with this whole macro focus, we seem to sometimes lose track on, you know, not only does the quantity count, but also the quality. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times uh, I'd say what tends to taint that is the whole calories in, calories out um, sort of overgeneralization when it comes to nutrition. In it, You'll see it in a lot of TikTok format content. They're like, the best way to lose weight is calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. Now, while yes, they are right, they're also not exactly right yeah. because your protein – calories that you receive are a lot different than the calories you receive from frosted mini wheats, which are also a lot different from, you know, calories you get from an avocado or butter or, you know, these dense fats or, you know, your uh, fats that are in these proteins you're eating. And so learning the, diff- the quality of the calorie is a lot more important at, than, um, than necessarily the quantity. Now, Quantity does matter, mm-hmm. but it, a lot of times the quantity tends to be overhyped while the quality tends to be underhyped as far as like uh, attention is paid to those. Yeah. And keeping in mind all these things helps a lot when you do actually start thinking about dieting mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter if the diet works generally if you have a really shitty time actually like following the diet. Yeah. And so think about it just like if you're running, you know, mm-hmm. you can either have this super shitty journey when you're basically scaling the side of a cliff for a mile, or you can have this really nice, easy time just jogging downhill and all that's up to you and purely just trying to figure out and kind of move different like um, needles in order to try and make it so that not only is what you're doing effective, but you enjoy it. Cause if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it. Yeah. That's definitely true about all diets. I mean, like, and a lot of times that tends to happen a lot more when you go cold turkey, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And there's always going to be a bad phase with a diet most times, yeah. right? People that go into a diet that immediately starts making them feel better, I tend to be a little bit wary of 
because a lot of times it tends to mean you're eating stuff that's kind of like bypassing yeah. a lot of things. I feel like it, you need at least like a reset period of some sort where you're gonna you're not gonna feel great, right? Especially if you're coming off like the standard intake of a normal American, right? Mm-hmm. Coffee, you know, simple <laughs> sugars, yeah. a lot of bread, yep. you know, things of things of that nature that really like kind of get your body into with a, a lot of these addictive substances, you know, your simple sugars and your caffeine and and stuff like that. So, all right. So moving on to my first one. My first one is in the case of in the gym, pay attention to the control of the movement as opposed to just the weight of that movement. Right. And I see this a lot of times and I see it a lot of times with lateral raises, especially it's the, I'd say it's probably the number one exercise I see it with because when you are doing shoulder exercises that require either the move forward using your front and rear delts or a side movement using your lateral head on your shoulders. A lot of people sling their arms because they want a higher weight. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've seen friends do it. They go grab the 30-pound dumbbells. You know, they start throwing them up there. I'm like, bro, I'm going to take you through the fucking ring, okay? <laughs> go grab the 12s and stop using momentum yeah. for this. Because in the case of that movement, that's not a, like, like a lateral raise is not a functional movement. No. It's a muscular building movement. And you need to be very, very particular with that. And that's important. <laughs> and a lot of people, they're just slinging it around because they want, because everything is an ego lift. Everything's, I can do this much weight. Well, it, no one cares. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. It's lateral raises. No one cares. No, no one gives a fuck how much lateral raise you can do. Just control the weight. Control the weight, control the motion, control the squeeze on the muscles, time under tension in this case, overweight. Yeah. And I feel like this matters a lot whenever you're talking about free weights. And I think dumbbells are probably the probably the best, best example. example of this because with dumbbells you can actually start targeting a lot of these more individualized parts of your body. And so like I think of even just a bicep curl, right? I see mm-hmm. people doing a bicep curl at forty, sixty pounds, and I'm like, you're moving your back, you're almost using your hips right. to curl this weight, go with a 30 and do it slow and methodical. And you're going to get the same workout in maybe a little even better because you're specifically only using this muscle group. Yeah. Um, and like when you're talking about the lateral raises, like I can't do more than like tens maybe on a good day. Right. Even like though I do this stuff usually as accessory work after my primary workout. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just no reason for me to go any heavier than that. Cause especially yeah. if you have a long wingspan. Oh yeah. If you are literally yeah. some, some physics will teach you real quick. <laughs> yeah. If you're a physics major, engineering major, you understand that there's this wonderful thing called a moment <laughs> where the further along that a force is applied on a body yeah. makes it a lot heavier. Right. Oh. And, and in that case, um, definitely with the dumbbells. I mean yeah. like it, it exceptional. And the one time, the one time I say it's okay, because this rule applies in, there's one time when I say it's okay. It's at the end of your set when you're trying to squeeze out that last bit of energy. That's fine. (laughs) In the case of the curls, swing them a little bit to get those two extra reps. If you're doing that last set, you're burning it out, that's fine. But other than that, you better stick with some damn control. (laughs) Because it, it's just gonna, it's just going to be better for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have better control over the movement. Your risk of injury is way lower, way, way, way lower under control. 
than it is under momentum, and especially with weightlifting. Like, anyone will tell you that. Because you are, I mean, if we took this same thing and applied it to bench press, you ever seen people do bench press with momentum? <laughs> and down, they don't do it for down, long. Down nearly shatters their entire sternum <laughs> to bounce it off them. Then they get up and scream because they finally got two plates on the bench press. You're like, dude, I literally just watched you damn near crack four fucking ribs just so you could say you got a better number. Yeah. That's fine one time. You better not be doing that every damn set, bro. It's not cool. And it's risky, too. It's risky. And it's just not like when you're talking about fitness, you're talking about your health, mm-hmm. right? That's not healthy for you. Breaking yeah. bones is not healthy for you. And if you injure yourself, you have less time to actually work out because all of a sudden you're nursing an injury that's probably going to take Especially when you're talking about a bone break, that's a month, two month, three month recovery process. And you still might never be the same. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to number two. All right. So number two on my list is kind of a uh, programming um, tip, but protein synthesis compound in a muscle group decreases after two days. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I've talked about the whole recovery. um, Yeah, definitely. Like versus regression. Uh, graph and so basically this whole idea is you have this wonderful thing called muscle protein synthesis and it's a compound that goes to wherever your muscles are being used Mm -hmm. and so it basically tops out after two days of buildup and then it starts to regress and so the whole idea here is you want to make sure that when you're working out you're instead of focusing on specific body parts throughout um, a week you're doing kind of these full body workouts every time you go in and this is especially important if you're only doing like three days a week. Yeah, definitely. I definitely support that. Yeah, this this like three-day-a-week uh, programming is probably going to be like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so I love like free weights for this because a free weight is going to require you to use a lot more muscles. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to just have byproducts because it doesn't necessarily mean that um, – This doesn't mean that necessarily you have to do leg day and arm day all in one day. It just means try to make sure that even in arm day, you're using your legs. And even in leg day, you're using your arms in order to make sure that you're getting this kind of maximum um, recovery and maximum muscle buildup over the course of your uh, workout time. Yeah, I'd say that that definitely applies when you're on a more limited schedule Mm -hmm. where you're talking about maybe three or four days a week of working out. But in the case of people that are working out six days a week where you're doing a push-pull leg twice a week, rotation my application of that is that if you really want to take full advantage of that get a really good warm-up routine going where you're hitting every muscle group just lightly with Mm -hmm. the exception of the muscle group that you're going to be working on really hard that day and then do warm-up sets in those preceding or those uh, succeeding exercises um that's really good and i've done that before and what that always leaves you feeling is warm in every muscle group Mm -hmm. And you feel nice and, like, ready to tackle the workout prior to getting in. It's honestly, like, my favorite type of warm-up. Like, you're maybe hitting one set of something on for each body group, which might look like eight sets. But if you're doing something, like, you can get a bench. And with some dumbbells, you're going to be able to hit your back, your chest, and then uh, hit some biceps and then some triceps and then go, you know, warm up for your leg day. And then, you know, and... That works out. It checks out on that. And plus, one thing that also does is doing light sets of that is almost like a stretch. And so you will reduce lactic acid buildup, which means that you're going to be less sore in those muscle groups. 
And also another thing that I'm thinking about, especially with your kind of warm up idea, is it's going to reduce the amount of pain that you're actually feeling if you do have like a mobility issue or something mm-hmm. like that. Because I've had people come up to me before and they're like, I love squatting, but my knees hurt. I'm like, bro, your knees can't hurt. Your knee is a muscle, is a bone. There is no muscle there to hurt. And so really what's going on is there's something that's tight either above the knee or below the knee, and that's what's causing them their problems. And because they're not doing almost this full targeted warm up or this full targeted stretch afterwards, they're missing it. And yep. they don't know because they're thinking that it's their knee that hurts. But something that you'll find out very quickly is a muscle, ca- <coughs> a muscle can hurt, a muscle can cause pain, but a bone can't. It's everything that's supporting that bone and moving that bone that's really causing the problems. Right. And it definitely shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't. It shouldn't. There's a difference There's between pain and soreness. Right. If you are hurting in your bone, you have something wrong. Yeah. Right? Uh, every runner knows about the grand thing called shin splints. <laughs> that and is in your bone, and it fucking hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and even that is partially muscular. Oh, yeah, definitely. Muscular. Um, but, and that, you know, again, form stretching learning about what you're doing fixes that immediately right all right now moving over to my number two i have switch up your exercises and routines every once in a while uh to keep it interesting now you don't have to necessarily do this to keep it interesting i know some people are stands by their workout routine and what i mean by every once in a while i mean anywhere from three weeks to a month two months three months whatever that is for you. Um, personally, I end up swapping, uh, like good, like sizable routines. Being in college, I switch a lot more often than I would if I wasn't just because like my week to week is different Mm -hmm. every week as far as workload and things like that. So I'm swapping, I'm tweaking a little bit, but like not changing my style and you know, Throwing in different exercises, things I see online to see how it affects me. Like, if I don't feel like my triceps are getting hit as well by my current tricep, like my French press and push down exercise, I might, while I'm on the bench press for push day, because I hit chest and triceps together, I might do an additional couple sets of close grip bench to really blast my triceps and stuff like that can keep it interesting. It can make you way more well-versed in different types of exercises because you'll meet people that do not like specific exercise. I know some friends that will not do skull crushers. Won't do them. (laughs) Will not do them. I know friends that will not do French press because they, like, I used to, I started to hate them because my form was bad. Mm -hmm. So, again, with the injury I had on my sternum, I could feel that sometimes because of the way I was doing it. And I also used to have that problem with dips, right? Until I got good form, I was hurting my sternum. Like it hurt, like every joint in there hurt. So keeping it, um, switching it up, you can find uh, these exercises that are preventing you from maybe, because everyone's built a little different and Mm -hmm. every exercise is gonna hit you a little different. So you need to be a little bit aware of uh, what that's doing. tailor what you're doing to yourself yeah and i love this principle and as as a (coughs) crossfitter you know this is kind of the whole basis of of the methodology you know we're constantly varied everything Mm -hmm. is changing um and something that i think that is important here is if you do kind of endorse this high variability you have to come to consequences that you're not going to be the best at any one thing right like the people who are doing these like 
powerlifting competitions. They have to be extremely good at squatting and bench press and deadlift. And those are the only things that they have to be really good at. And like a super high varied athlete is not going to be the best at any of those three things. Mm -hmm. But super high varied athletes are really good at a lot of things that bodybuilders aren't because they've trained in that way. It's like every now and then I see a TikTok in which like a calisthenics person beats a CrossFitter on a handstand walk. And I'm like, yeah, I'd expect yeah, I'd, that. I'd hope so. <laughs> I'd expect that because we don't just do handstand walks. Right. You know, it's like I wouldn't expect a calisthenics person to be able to out deadlift an elite um, crossfitter if they're both elite. Right. Like, But he better beat him on a pull-up competition. You yeah. Know? Like, like there's just certain things that specialization will give you versus this kind of very fitness right. um, perspective. Yeah. And that definitely is kind of, I'd say more of what we're aiming at is giving a more broad band perspective, which is why I like the way I work out. Mm -hmm. Like some weeks I, my workout is going to seem like I am a power lifter. Yeah. And then some weeks I don't even go to the gym. I go to the outdoor equipment and do um, outdoor workouts. Ma mainly when I do that, I'll do it to advance my calisthenic skills as well as get some well-needed sun that <laughs> we don't really see as computer science majors. <laughs> but that's a, I, I like doing that. That um, that definitely, it gives me something to always look forward to because I'm always trying new things while yep. I'm in the gym. So And engagement is, again, if you're not engaged, you're not going to st stick with it. Yeah. So All right. What's your number three? All right. So my number three is something that no one ever wants to hear, ever, but rest is mandatory. And I think that this is both from like a very macro level and also a very micro level, right? So... First off, you need to get eight hours of sleep if you're working out regularly. You have to get eight hours of sleep. If you are doing anything complex, you cannot be tired while being upside down. You cannot be tired while pushing a really heavy weight from your shoulders to above your head. These are recipes for disaster, and it's an injury waiting to happen, right? You cannot be trying to build muscle and not be getting enough sleep because then your muscles aren't repairing themselves, and eventually you're going to tear something. Other than that, you also have to look at from your day-to-day, -day, right? Unless you are an extreme elite athlete, you cannot work out full blast seven days a week. You right. need at least one rest day. And that doesn't necessarily and mean— And I suggest two or three for yeah. beginners just because, as we'll talk about, muscular yeah. conditioning is not built up yet. And that doesn't necessarily mean that your rest day is you sitting on the couch. Maybe it's going for a long run. I love going on 5Ks with my vest on. Not— full power, but we're just going for about 30 minutes on a decent run, get my heart rate going. But it's, again, not at the same level as a workout that I'd normally do. Right. And so making sure that you're getting those rest days in is also important. Right. And then another factor of rest that I think that we are very bad at, especially when you're first going, is understanding that resting in between sets is important. That is why we divide workouts into sets. Otherwise, right. it would only be reps. It would be rep total. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, the biggest issue that I've had um, personally with that is, like, whenever we're doing a heavy 5x5, five five, you know, in CrossFit, that's that's a, considered, like, a heavy day. And basically, you are supposed to spend 25 minutes doing five sets of five, which means you're getting about five minutes of rest every set which is a good thing because you want that fifth rep 
to almost take you out. And so you need five minutes. Oh, yeah. But I see beginners come in all the time, and they're just raring to go. And so then they do that first set of five, and then they do that second set of five in like two minutes. And the thing is, is you're almost cheating yourself because you're getting less rest, and because of that, you're not putting as much weight on that bar. Yeah. Right? And so it's all about making sure that you're doing the workout as intended and as designed, Mm -hmm. especially if you have a coach or if you're pulling this off the online. Because a lot of people who are very experienced give you certain things for a specific reason Mm -hmm. that might not be illuminated to you. Right. And I know that the counter argument to that is supersetting and drop setting. Yeah. Both of which are great because they capitalize on your ability to push yourself farther. Now, supersetting does it in a different way than drop setting does. Drop setting, you're dropping to a lower weight and finishing uh, out as many reps as you can most times. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to capitalize on the last little bit of energy you got. And there's a reason why you're dropping weight because you cannot do the weight you were doing before for that quantity of rep. And then supersetting is great because you're just hitting a different muscle group, right? Most times, most Mm -hmm. times you're hitting hitting a different muscle group, which is great because it means that you're able to capitalize on your time, right? Mm -hmm. Now you're going to be a little winded and like, of course, but that sometimes is fine because chances are, when you're supersetting, a lot of times the exercise you were doing, the the first out of those two exercises, you went to mechanical failure, yep. not muscular failure. Yep. So you won't be just completely worn out energy-wise like you would in a high-intensity type situation. Yeah. But that is, of course, the only caveat to that statement, yeah. which rest is mandatory. And it is. <laughs> yeah. And even like supersetting is almost this form of complementary workout in which you are still getting rest. It's just, it's more of an active form of rest as opposed to right. passive. You're getting anaerobic around. respiration going on in your other muscles while mm-hmm. you're using all of your air to do the exercise. And then most likely you're going to take a longer rest after that. It just always, it always ends up being like that. Yeah. Um, now the one thing for this is that you can either some people like timing their uh, rest. I normally take it as like, because normally I take too short. Of, if I'm working out by myself, I take too short of a rest. I yep. always do. And so I'm like, 30 more seconds, 30 more <laughs> seconds, just 30 more seconds. You've got to do it or yeah. you're not going to finish this set. And then when I'm with other people, most times I'm not tracking because while we're rotating yep. exercises, I'm getting plenty of rest while they're doing it. And then I'm I'm doing it. And, then, you know, so – um. You can either be very meticulous about it or not. There's yeah. two two ways to go. Yeah. I know CrossFit's a lot more meticulous. I, I like to keep an interval timer on my phone if I'm alone in the gym and doing stuff, just because otherwise I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to rest. So I have an interval timer on my phone that I set for every five minutes on the minute. It beeps at me, and I go, okay, now we're allowed to go. Right. All right, so my number three is that the gains will slow down. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It means that you're going to get some God-tier newbie gains when you first get in the gym. And the great part about switching things up, reaching back to my last point, is that you can get newbie gains more than once. (laughs) And I love this because as someone that was just lifting, right, Mm -hmm. I swapped over to calisthenics. I'm doing high sets of push-ups, different variations of push-ups, hitting all different parts of my pec. And I go back to lifting. And my bench is way up. Yep. My bench is way higher because I've just I've worked it out in a different way. And my newbie gains were great. 
because <laughs> I mean, it pushed me past a boundary that I'd been at for two months yep. of just no movement, not even a two and a half added type thing. So that was great. Um, but the gains will slow down. You will get to the point where you are, you're not plateauing. It's just, you're not going to get that same, like, bam, new, uh, new, uh, new one rep max, yep. 10 pounds added each week type beat. Like where your first week you're barely doing 75 come, you know, month two, you're doing 155, something yeah. like, on bench, you know, something like that, where you just, uh, you're just getting all this momentum, right? But you're training your muscles and there's always going to, you're essentially knocking the dust off them. At some point yeah. you're going to run out of dust to <laughs> knock off and you're going to get to the point where you're actually having to build muscle and you're going to put on a lot more muscle anyway that first time or that for that first little while mm-hmm. and newbie gain periods is i i'm not really well aware of how long that is i've heard up to like a year i've heard up to a year yeah. i've definitely heard most people categorize in the first year of s- consistent and sustained workout because like and even your second and third year mm-hmm. are going to be pretty high compared to year five through yeah. seven something like that well and also kind of this whole idea, you know, why are we having newbie gains? Well, one of the first things is technique, right? And the more complex the exercise, the more technique is going to play a role. And when you're talking about different things that you can improve, technique is one of the easier things. Um, As long as you're not trying to override a bad habit that's existed for years, technique is one of the easiest things that you can fix, especially when you're kind of this um, blank slate that's just being scrawled all over on, like, this is how you do stuff. And so, like, I think of a power clean. You're not going to be able to do a power clean at a heavy rep if you're pulling too early or if you're pulling too late or if you're not shrugging properly or if you're not doing the deadlift properly. Like, there's so many different components of, especially a complex lift, that you're going to have this insane, like, newbie gain just because your technique isn't there. And then you're going to have increased muscle gain just because your muscles are going from no stimulus to... uh, basically a shitload of stimulus because even a 45 pound bar is a shit ton more than than nothing. nothing. Um, And so that's going to increase that kind of strength portion, uh, especially in your first couple months. And so a lot of people I think don't realize just how much technique plays a role in kind of increasing your weight. And so don't necessarily be upset with yourself when you start seeing that plateau almost be confident with yourself in that you have finally pretty much perfected your technique. Yeah. Um, and then also you have to keep in mind that once you get like three or four or five years in, don't be upset with yourself that your gains are slowing down even more. Mm-hmm. Understand that especially if you're getting towards those higher peaks of fitness, it's just harder to improve. Yeah. You know, I think about when you're talking about a track time or a rowing time and anything at that cardio level, like the ability to in- increase by a minute once you get like when you're trying to cut down on a time from let's say a six minute mile to a five minute mile the power output almost doubles which is insane yeah because that's not true for going from seven to six the power output is like i think 1.5 1.3 yeah uh is the factor there so as you get closer to almost this what we'd consider like peak human performance the more work you have to put in in order to get there oh big time yeah, and tying back into that point using what we've said about the gains slowing down and comparing it to 
what my first point was in terms of paying attention is that the form is important. <laughs> yep. Pay attention to your form. You have to. You are going to hurt yourself. And my dad said this to me a million times. And he especially said it to me when I was younger and like when we were lifting when I was in ninth grade, right? Because I hit 225 deadlift when I was in ninth grade. I need to find the video of it. It was atrocious. <laughs> he was like, look, you can lift like that. It's going to be fine for a little bit. Yeah. He's like, but then you're going to plateau on how much weight you can pull. You're gonna, you might make it up to 405 pounds. Big old four plate. That's a lot of weight. A lot of people think that's a good deadlift. But if you're doing it with that form, you're gonna throw your fucking hip out. <laughs> you're gonna blow your back out doing it. Cause I mean, you know, the, the the typical hunched back, you know, pulling it up and like putting your back in the right spot instead of keeping a nice, strong, straight back pushing through with the legs. I was doing a lot more back work than I was leg work, right? And which is true because I've got a pretty strong back and I have rather weak legs for my size. <laughs> yeah. So that played into that. But I've since learned form and like, yes, it has starved me of a potential higher weight for a little bit, mm -hmm. but then you will reach a point where having good form as a good solid base is going to take you to the next level once yeah. the muscle growth is there and that's important yeah and even just like a small like very instantaneous example of like almost what i'd consider a newbie gain is like last monday my mondays personally are kind of like a technique day in which i work on stuff that i either need for a competition or i'm struggling with that i want to get better mm -hmm. um in, in order to compete or do something like that and so i was working on just clean and jerk right and i did one at kind of i think it was like 75 80 percent my one rep max and i did the complex and i'm sitting there and i'm going that felt a little difficult let's record myself and so then i record myself on the second set and the second set feels a little better than the first set and i think that's because i was conscious of me being recorded and then i watched the recording i'm like oh when i'm doing a when i'm doing my split uh snatch at the top or a split jerk at the top my legs are not going out and when I'm doing a power clean, I am launching a little bit too early, just a little bit, but I need to be a bit more patient. And then I go in with that knowledge in the third set and the weight didn't feel heavy. I put on another like 20 pounds, but all that is just technique. Yeah. All that was just mean being slightly inefficient. Right. And so that's something very important to keep in mind. And I think that recording yourself is one of the best oh, things you can do. Big time. I need, to, I need to do it more frequently. Yeah. And introverts will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you feel self-conscious yeah. about doing it a lot. Um, like, even I felt a little self-conscious. And I'm yeah. like, we're going to use my camera, and we're going to make sure that no one thinks that I'm about to post this. Right. Uh, I don't I even know. care. I, I've gotten to the point I realize no one cares. No one cares. Yeah. No one even bats an eye. They're like, oh, yeah, someone else is recording. I'll just make sure not to walk in front of them. That's it. Yep. Make sure not to knock their camera over because it's got bad placement or something. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some people. Um, I want to throw a little bonus thing on top of this that I feel like I should have mentioned. When it comes to nutrition, micronutrients are important. <laughs> they are. Now, the best way to roundabout this situation and having to worry about them is take a damn multivitamin. You're going to get most of them out of it. And on top of that, you're not going to have to sit here and say, did I have enough greens today? Did I have enough fruit today? 
have I had enough of the right fats? Am I, am I getting enough of the right proteins to get all these, you know, vitamin B complexes and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And so, like, and it's so important. And I've realized it recently, like, like a couple of weeks ago, I forgot to take my multivitamin. And I'm used to taking it. Yep. I got some rough headaches. It makes me, <laughs> like, and not, it, it just, it's really important because it puts me in the right headspace and I feel really good, right, with it. And on top of that, you're going to get better uh, muscle mind connection because mm-hmm. obviously you've got the current, you got the right amount of electrolytes. You've got all the right things to make everything go right. And then the next step is getting those macros online, yep. right? It's that simple. I just wanted to make sure that we threw that in there because it gets overlooked a lot nowadays with everything's like macros, macros, macros. Don't forget the micronutrients, yep. which is like, you know, your potassium, your B1, your Vitamin K, your your vitamin A, B, C, all this stuff. So um, with that, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I don't. I feel pretty good about this, and I hope that you guys can gather from this a lot of things that either we made mistakes on, didn't get informed about, or were misled on. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, I will see you guys next time. See you. This production was brought to you by the Uptown Audio and Media Network. If you are interested in more work like this from us, you can find those on our socials, such as Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, which will be listed in the description below. And we thank you for listening.